You're listening to Once Upon a Time in Advertising with vintage ad man Rick Blears. They put envelopes with blank letters in them on everyone's desk. This time, the practical joke. But on Johnny's desk, it had a letter in it. And they dreamt up this absolutely wicked idea. Are you sure about this, Johnny? Yeah, I've made my mind up. And I've decided I'll take a 10% cut in salary. (laughs) If you're going to be a narcissist in an ad agency, you have to expect to be taken down a peg now and again. Well, we were back at Royds back in the the 70s or early 80s. And um, we had a chap. This is a big advertising agency with uh, 300 staff. And we had a chap in the production department who insisted on calling himself Johnny Lavelle. Uh, his real name was Derek Earnshaw or something like that. I can't remember his actual name. But he used to sing in pubs and nightclubs and he was absolutely convinced that one day he was going to be a pop star. He was going to be a crooning star. So at any opportunity, you know, if everyone was in the pub having Christmas or what, he would sing a few songs. And he, he was, you know, he's a perfectly competent pub singer. But it, it used to get on everyone's nerves a bit because, of course, being in the production department, we went round to all the different departments in progress chasing, basically. And he would never miss an opportunity to tell you. He was a good-looking lad, you know. He would never miss the opportunity to tell you. He was just doing this advertising business, which he held in utter disdain, you know, until he got his break. And when he was, you know, on top of the pops and when he was selling millions of records around the world, who would have the last laugh? Um... So the guys in the studio got a bit pissed off with this and uh, they decided they'd take him down a peg one day and they, developed, they dreamt up this absolutely wicked idea. They put envelopes with blank letters in them on everyone's desk in the agency. They would come in and find an envelope on their desk. But on Johnny's desk, it had a letter in it and the letter was ostensibly from the managing director, Keith, uh, And the letter said, Dear Johnny, times have been rather hard in the advertising business, as you know, with the recession and clients' spending is down, our profitability is down. And so we're thinking where we can make economies. And the board have decided to, we have two choices. We have to let some people go and we have to make reductions in salaries for other people, a 10% reduction in salary. So I'd like you to give this some thought. You know, if you're thinking of moving on, move on with our blessing. If you'd rather take a cut in salary, just let me know. And, you know, this is a confidential matter. It'll just be between. So that was the letter. So a cloud came over Johnny's head for a day or two. And then, sure enough, along he went to Keith's office, knocked on the door. This is Keith, the MD. He's the managing director of a very busy agency, you know, with hundreds of people working for him. So it's very unusual for someone from production department to knock on his door and stick his head around his door. So Keith said, yes, Johnny, what can I do for you? He said, well, I've been thinking about the recession and how client spending's down and how the agency's having a tough time. And I've decided I'll take a 10% cut in salary. <laughs> <laughs> so Keith, Keith asked George up to him. He said, well, are you sure about this, Johnny? He said, yeah, I've made my mind up. He said, OK, I'll tell the accounts department. <laughs> So he told the accounts department to cut his salary. Of course, the guys in the studio were absolutely <laughs> waiting for the moment for this to break. And literally, days went by, nobody said anything. 
And then sure enough, one coffee break, Johnny wandered in to do his normal accounting things and said, um, what have you guys decided then? He said, what, about what, Johnny? He said, about taking a 10% cut in salary. said, oh, well, we're all, we're all pretty much taking it. What, what have you done? Oh, I've already told Keith. <laughs> I've already told Keith. And the whole studio, about 30 of them, just fell on the floor crying at me. <laughs> Never mind, Johnny. When you get big, your big break, this will all be no, no importance will it when you get to be famous. So he did have one crack at Opportunity Knocks and came third, I think, and that was that a, was a TV show in the seventies, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was a, a, tele- talent a television show. talent show. So he had one go, and they said, you know, you're actually not very good. You sound like a bub singer to us, which is exactly what he was. But there we are. So did. Um... Did he ever get his ten percent salary back, or was that it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you volunteer for a ten percent salary cut. That's it. <laughs> That's evil. Well, it's very wicked, but with with the benefit of hindsight, um, if you're going to be a narcissist in an ad agency, you have to expect to be taken down a peg now and again, and be thick enough skinned to to uh, to put up with the consequences. So what happened to poor old Johnny? Did he end up staying in the production department? Uh, well, I, I left the agency about four years later and he was still going around with his progress chasing board, as far as I know. Interestingly, though, David Bowie started in an ad agency, didn't he? Absolutely right. He was a lick and stick man, that is to say. What's a lick and stick man? A lick and stick man is t- t- in the intermediate stage between handset type, which was made up out of copper blocks and all sorts of complicated things, and digital digital uh, print production there was an intermediate stage where typesetters used to make photographic images of the type you wanted to use and it would be sent to you literally as a photograph and then with some stuff called cow gum you cut this stuff up with a scalpel a surgeon's knife into strips and you literally stuck it onto what was called the artwork, and that was photographed and went off to the publication or the print or went off to the newspaper, wherever it was going. So there were armies of these guys who were incredibly good at getting little strips of photographed lines of type and cutting them out very, very precisely and sticking them down. And um, they survived in their scores of these. Every agency had a few of these guys. And I remember one guy who I was working with seeing computerised typesetting demonstration and he nearly cut his wrist, you know. He'd, see, he'd been on this, he'd been to this, this computerised typesetting uh, demonstration and he came back absolutely distraught. He said, you know, I'm the best lick and stick man in Manchester. I've been known as the best lick and stick man for the last 20 years and that's it. There'll be no more work for us. And he was absolutely right, there wasn't. It's a good job, David Bowie. Became a pop star. Yeah, well, David David Bowie indeed was a, was a was a well, they were technically called finished artists, but they had a tin of cow gum and lots of cardboard, and they stuck down. And that's what David Bowie started off doing before he became the, the various things he became. Nobody, nobody wants you. Friends, you have many, even as soon as you get back on your feet again. Everybody wants to be a long lost friend. It's mighty true, we love to 
The music Nobody Knows You by Jimmy Cox is performed by Rick. The podcast is produced by me, Steve Blears.